Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Unheard. I'm Freddie Sayers. Since the horrific attacks in Israel on October the 7th, the Western world has been somewhat divided on what an appropriate response from that country would look like. There have been protests taking place here in London, both against Israel as well as supporting Israel in the form of vigils. Instead of talking to a pundit, we wanted to take the discussion straight to the source. So with me here in the studio is the Israeli ambassador to the UK. Hello, Freddie. Welcome, Ambassador. Thank you for having me. So the world is sort of watching now. We're not sure when this invasion that is being talked about by Israel is going to take place. You've just returned from there visiting with Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. When is it going to happen? Well, I think the answer is, first of all, understanding the goals of this war, because I'm afraid most of our listeners, including you and I, are not strategic army people. So we come as human beings on one of the world's fight for humanity. This is uh, this was attack on humanity. Uh, this is not uh, a regular framework that people normally put, like the conflict, or uh, this is something they they struggle for for you know a land or occupation. None of those words is relevant. Israel left the Gaza Strip in 2005. And Hamas has no legal claims uh, from the Israelis. And because it's such a brutal terror organization, it created this barbaric invasion to our homes. And I think what people maybe should know, uh, Israel is a country that experienced many terror attacks. But this type of barbarism and brutality we've seen through Hamas attack that um, massacred and killed 1,400 innocent babies, toddlers, um, youngsters, young women in a music festival, uh, women being raped, uh, people beheaded, all those horrific things being on. And, uh, and, and the most horrific part, I think, is the fact that it's been documented by Hamas people to glorify their acts of barbarism. Uh, I think this type of actions we've seen only in the Holocaust as like a genocide intention. And this is why I think everyone should understand where it's coming from and understand why Israel must eliminate all Hamas capabilities and make sure its leadership won't exist on our border or uh, in any ability to hurt mm. innocent people. And, and I think this is more important than when Israel does this or that, because the most important thing to understand, we want to finish this war when there is no Hamas on our border, because Hamas is evil mm. to Israelis, but it's also being evil to the people of Gaza. Tell us what you believe the plan to be. Uh, it's a full-scale invasion. And what is the objective of that invasion? What people are worried about is that it will end up being just more massacres, more dead civilians. How can you avoid that outcome? 
Okay, that's, that's a very, very good question. So first of all, in order to understand the Gaza Strip, the Gaza Strip is a small place. It's a 40 kilometers. And it's, it's built, the main city is Gaza, but there are many other communities and it's divided into the north area of Gaza and the south area of Gaza. And when you uh, want to dismantle Hamas capabilities, you cannot ignore the underground city of Gaza that is the main enterprise of Hamas when they use the all international support to build this underground terror city that is 300 kilometers, build like a maze, build like a maze. So we're talking about making sure that people, the civilians of Gaza will be safe. So in the last few weeks, what Israel been doing since October 7th is to make sure humanitarian aid will be provided and also that the people of Gaza will be safe, even though Hamas was trying to prevent the people to move down south, including really evidence about blocking their way out and making sure they will keep them as human shields, which is horrific. Again, they're against their own people. And we wanted to make sure that we are fighting Hamas infrastructure. And in order to do that, I think this is the complexity people need to understand. You need to make sure this underground terror city won't exist. Now, some of the leaders hide in this underground terror city. It's definitely the place where they're launching their rockets on Israel. So since the war started, there was not even a single day that we didn't have a barrage of, of rockets on our cities. So our main cities are under attack on a single See. every single day. Over 6,000 rockets launched by Hamas. By the way, you need electricity to do that. So when people are wondering where is the energy or if there is energy crisis in Gaza, they need to ask how come the Hamas still has the ability to fire so many rockets on Israeli innocent civilians. But so does that mean the primary objective is the destruction of infrastructure, including tunnels and ability to launch rockets, and also to kill Hamas leadership and members? That was uh, the prime minister's um, you know, announcement. He was very clear about it. He said Hamas leadership won't exist and Hamas capabilities won't exist. So and what about as clear mem- as that. broader members? I mean, where do you stop? Who can I ask you something? Did the, did the Western allies, when they wanted to reach out to the Nazi leadership, did they stop in Hitler? They didn't. Would you agree, though, that you can be both completely condemning of that kind of atrocity and finding it completely the opposite of civilization, the opposite of humane, but also, in order to preserve those values, fairly scrutinizing the response from Israel and making sure that in your response, you are better? and that you you take those kind of additional cautions, even if they weren't offered in the other direction, to show that you are on the side of civilization. So for example, there's a lot of anxiety about how many civilians might die or have already died under um, Israeli bombardments in Gaza. The Hamas-controlled authorities are quoting numbers, which I'm sure you will say have been no relation to reality. They say 6,500-odd people have died already. UNICEF estimates as many as 400 children a day, in one estimate, have died so far. What are your numbers? What do you believe the correct numbers are in terms of casualties in Gaza so far? So just to explain how hard it is to count casualties, we are three weeks after this horrific attack started. Israel is still identifying bodies. So if you want to be responsible, and if you want to say the truth, which, which apparently Hamas is not really, you know, stands for that. Um, so you need to be very careful in a war zone uh, before you make uh, a clear judgment of numbers. So it, t- it took us three weeks, three weeks. And, and Israel is now in a place where, uh, we, first of all, let's, let's just start with the basic. Israel is a democratic country. 
works with the rule of law, uh, totally obligated to the international war laws. Uh, when we are attacking places, this is a military targets, clear military targets. Now, the West have seen how Americans fought, fight ISIS. It's not easy, really. Mosul was not an easy task. But we need to remember the background. ISIS was deliberately killing, slaughtering and raping Muslim women, killing innocent Muslim people, just because they weren't into right ideology. So they're, they're against the West. Uh, when I see, by the way, those demonstrations in London, I get the WhatsApp from my family in Israel. They're saying, are you sure you're gonna be safe in London? I, I find that horrific as well, because this is the type of ideology being echoed in Western cities around the world and in Europe. My point is, we are a democratic country fighting just like the Americans fight with, uh, they, they wanted to make sure Al-Qaeda won't exist, and ISIS, and that was a fight that Americans won. And, and today the world is a better place without ISIS, and I'm sure when Israel finished the war, the Gaza Strip will be a much better place. And if you're asking but yourself about civil, will die so I will give you the process. answer. I will give you the answer. If Hamas won't prevent his people to leave to a safe shelter, we will minimize casualties as much as we can because we don't target civilians. Just the most important thing. And they're using the, their civilians as a human shield. And by doing that, they're committing a double war crime mm. because they targeted Israelis. And but by the rockets, look at the, the hospital the case. Of, to, I want to talk about that too, but to ask the whole of the north of Gaza to move in the matter of days to the south of Gaza is not a, a practical possibility. It is, it is. When it's, you have elderly people, they need hospital treatment. You know, three weeks is a lot of time. Three weeks is a lot of time to evacuate. And I want to tell you something. Is we, that why you've delayed in we, order to... That was part of the reason, absolutely. Israel uh, cares very much about... Uh, uh, it's. It, we're fighting according to the humanitarian values of our country. And going back also to the way Israel is at the moment, 100,000 people... Uh, both from the north and from the south, and I think it's, it keeps on growing, this number, are at the moment refugees in Israel. So they've been told by the government it's going to take a year till their communities be restored. So we're talking about people in Israel don't have a place to stay. So if people are complaining, how are you doing it to the Gaza people? We're not doing it to the Gaza people. It's Hamas that started this war. It attacked our communities. People were innocently on, on a Saturday, on a weekend, when it was a Jewish holiday, people were peacefully sleeping in their beds when, when Hamas attacked them in their pajamas and underwear. I'm sorry for saying that, but this was what happened. So we are now in a reality where people are evacuated from Israeli homes as much as they're evacuated to the south of Gaza. And three weeks is enough time in a very small place, as I said, it's 40 kilometers, it's not huge, uh, to get to a south, uh, to, to a good shelter. And, and Israel is providing that, the international community is providing that. The only organ they need to blame is the terror organization called Hamas, doesn't care, couldn't care less about people. And you mentioned the hospital that. bombing, which yes. has been a very kind of controversial and contested event. No, it's not. By the way, it was it was clear evidence today that was heated by a rocket mm. um, uh, that Islamic Jihad was was firing. So it so, came from Gaza, yeah. and Americans and British intelligence were confirming that, including Prime Minister saying that in, during that process. Right. So I, that is the statement of the Prime Minister. That's right. During that process, though, I, I wanted to ask about this because it's it's important in terms of how the kind of communications war is conducted. The IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, first of all, put out and tweeted three times a, a video clip from Al Jazeera, which showed that what looked like a rocket being fired from the Gaza side before the explosion. That has now been debunked, it seems, by the New York Times. It now seems that that 
projectile was not relevant. The New York the... Times has apologized for uh, making a quick judgment without having any uh, evidence. I think everyone should learn from this experience because now it's clear it was a rocket attack and the only rockets being fired is from Gaza to Israel. And they fell, they fell and they hit their own people in Gaza. 33% of the rockets hit the people of Gaza. Has the IDF also made mistakes during that communications effort? Because that both the clip that was tweeted out by the IDF and apparently the recording purporting to be between two Hamas members. Let, let me let me give you they, the answer. They've now both been by creditable Western media debunked as either inauthentic or not relevant. So should is there a case to say the IDF needs to be more careful in sharing? evidence that may not actually be accurate. Let me let me give you the uh, the way I experienced that. I was in the studio at that evening and they were asking me about the attack on the hospital. And even though the easiest answer for me as the Israeli ambassador was to say, we never target civilians and we never target hospitals. I prefer to be on the safe side and to say, we will investigate and we will make sure we'll deliver you with the facts, but please don't jump into conclusions. So my point is here, when it's a clear cut event, when it wasn't Israel's fault, it was actually the Palestinians fault. They took responsibility for that. And uh, both, as I said, American and British intelligence have proved it was a rocket hit. There is such a big gap between a rocket hit and air strike uh, attack in terms of the type of hurting uh, like uh, facilities uh, like, like you had in a hospital. So. When you have such a clear-cut event, this is the time to the journalism in, in general to take responsibility. BBC, Sky, CNN, all the main networks, they were judging Israel for something it didn't do. So I find it really uh, something that everyone should think about. Why they take for granted a word that is coming from a terror organization. Would you take a press release from ISIS or Al-Qaeda and take it as you know, this is this is something so that makes sense. So you've been disappointed by absolutely the BBC in particular. Or? I, I was uh, first of all I was disappointed by by the fact that since the war started, uh, there is a whole public debate about BBC calling Hamas terrorists what they are. Uh, so I don't understand this um, uh, avoiding the truth. I mean, this is this is the 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 law of this state. I mean, you recognize as the UK, Hamas as a terror organization, both on the political level and the military level. So this is just, you know, following the the way the Western world is looking at Hamas. So I don't see uh, what why do you think the, the explanation BBC... for that is? Um, I think um, the BBC understands in a way because of this public campaign against, um, against the fact that they don't call them terrorists, that in a way it's almost like taking side in the conflict because they're trying to say we're not taking side in, in the conflict. But excuse me, this is not symmetric conflict. This is barbaric attack from a terror organization on the Western civilization, on a democratic country. What is it not to get in, in this framework? But when I'm speaking about taking Hamas information for granted, uh, I would say the whole Western media has the same, in a way, bias. So they prefer just to be quick and fast instead of waiting, checking the facts. It's a war. It's not a place. It's not a place that is easy to check the facts. Sometimes it takes two or three hours. So you prefer the instant headline instead of checking the tr the truth. And I think if you want to be credible for what you report, you need to make sure you you say the accurate things because we say media has a weapon. And this weapon can impact and, and escalate things if they are blaming Israel for nothing. So th that's the, the BBC, New York Times, those kind of organizations. What about our political parties over here? Uh, your Israeli ambassador to the UK, the Labour Party, under previous leaders, there was uh, accusations of anti-Semitism going on. Um, Sir Keir Starmer has made a 
apparent huge effort to avoid that uh, impression this time round. Has he satisfied you that the Labour Party is no longer in any way anti-Semitic? Uh, I think Keir Summer is fighting anti-Semitism, a very clear voice, and uh, he called me when the war started. He said, this is a matter of consensus. Uh, it's not a political issue here in the UK because it was unprovoked attack on, on innocent people, and we, we definitely condemn that, and we support your right for self-defense. And having said that, as showing the consensus in, in the British politics, I want to say thank you from, from the bottom of my heart, the way the government, British government, is uh, really supporting like a true friend and ally for Israel. I mean, we received all the support we needed from the UK. UK is part of the Security Council of the UN. So as we speak, there are all those debates about ceasefire, the UK support for Israel's right to self-defense, understanding that this is not the time for ceasefire, and understanding that Israel must do and make this goal happen, the fact that Hamas needs to be eradicated. What about those Labour Party politicians? There are a number of uh, shadow cabinet ministers who are now threatening to resign because of what they perceive as an overly pro-Israel stance among Labour leadership. What what is your message to them? I think that um, your country suffered from terror and you know how it feels and you expect your government to act. Nothing is more important for any government in the world than to protect its people. And the people of Israel weren't protected at the 7th of October. It was too many hours that Hamas could brutally murder young people, young families, young, uh, I mean, and of course the elderly, and of course the elderly. You mentioned that there was a failing. Netanyahu, Likud, this branch of politics in Israel is supposed to be the security party, right? That's what people are voting for. And a lot of people within Israel seem very upset and angry that security wasn't there and it seems like a massive failing. Have you apologized for that? Do you believe that um, Netanyahu should apologize for that? I think actually yesterday it was Netanyahu that said that uh, everyone, and and also we heard Benny Gantz saying that, so we actually have all the parts of Israeli politics saying that. Um, Everyone in the leadership are asking uh, from the people of Israel to understand they take responsibility for the fact the protection was not there uh, at the 7th of October and everything needs to be investigated. And we are a very serious country about that. We used to have incidents in the past where we created a proper investigation. We will learn our lessons, but at the moment, all Israeli people are united that mm. we have the time to now to make sure that it won't happen again, because we need to fight back and um, and defend our people, basically. The populist right-wing politics is part of what led to that moment of weakness. The arguments over the constitutional changes, changes to the power of the Supreme Court, were the, they, they were very divisive within Israel. They even led to almost strikes or, or members of the armed forces refusing to turn up. Do you think those kind of populist moves gave the enemy, as you would call them, an opportunity by making Israel appear weak? So that that can be definitely uh, one of the reasons why Hamas uh, wanted to attack because he, he assumed that divided uh, society will be easier to to attack. But I personally think that part of that, first of all, this is Hamas ideology, so it's not like they didn't try in the past to do things like that. But uh, I think uh, one of the reasons I definitely believe it was it was the timing was um, the close deal between Israel and Saudi. And, and the moving forward to peace. So this organization uh, wants to be uh, really to stand as a barrier 
between Israel and other Arab countries to, to get to a peace agreement. And definitely the Saudi uh, deal was was one of the glorious one because uh, it, it will make a major shift, just like the do Abraham you think Accords. That's over now? Do you think that's dead? No, in the no, water? no. Actually, no. We we heard the Saudi leadership speaking about the fact that Israel and and Saudi will move closer in the future. So I, I truly believe that uh, no one can stop this progress uh, that we went through from the Abraham Accords with the Arab world, and we need to make sure that again, when Hamas won't exist life will be easier to Israel to, you know, move on to peace and not to, you know, be, be uh, dealing with this barbarism. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Your ambassador here in the UK, how has it felt to watch those huge protests in support of Palestine criticizing Israel? Some, but not all, of the protesters may have been supporting Hamas. What do you think? If we are defending civilized values and, of course, including freedom of expression, what do you think should be illegal and legal in terms of the UK for those kind of protests? So it's not my job to make your law, uh, obviously. And uh, as as ambassador uh, that thinks that the UK is is really a bit by beacon of, of democracy. Um, first of all, it is scary to see in the streets of London people calling for jihad, uh, and I think. Uh, I was speaking to the Home Secretary, Tiswela Braverman, and she was very strict about saying uh, there, is, there is a clear difference between freedom of speech that we all support and between hate speech. And I think more and more countries understand that this type of hate speech is sometimes hiding behind uh, things that doesn't sound like a hate speech. Let me give you the example that now many Western countries are dealing with, and now we're starting a legislation in Europe 
about from the river to the sea. So many people, when I go to your universities, your great universities, Oxford and Cambridge and LSE, the main thing being shouted and chanted is from the river to the sea, Palestine is free. Now, I used to tell people, do you know what that means? Because that basically means between the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, there is just one small country, really, we're, we're in the size of Wales. This is how small Israel is. And, and you want this country that it won't exist. I mean, this is something, think how radical it is, because no matter how much you hate certain countries, you think they're you know, abolishing human rights or whatever uh, bad things they do, you never call for their con- these countries not to exist. So does that mean you so, think it should not be legal? Uh, so, so I think, f- for example, from the river to the sea at the moment, we've seen how it looks like on the 7th of October when this genocide intention was actually in practice. Mm-hmm. Because what Hamas doesn't accept is a Jewish state in any borders. So basically for him, it's a mission. You, call, you read the Hamas charter and you're just shocked because this is like uh, our big version for Mein Kampf. My answer is that people are supporting, um, you know, Hamas, because Hamas is a terror organization and jihad, definitely should, you know, uh, you need to have enforcement for your own legislation. Mm-hmm. And I think everything that is is leading to incitement and increase of anti-Semitism also need to be investigated because Jews in this country need to feel protected. Your position, though, is not in favor of a two-state solution, as I understand it. A earlier interview you gave before your ambassador, and this is a direct quote, you say, my position is that between the sea and the Jordan River, there needs to be one state only, the state of Israel. How can you condemn people for chanting between the river and the sea in favor of Palestine when you say the opposite in favor of Israel? Because what I'm saying and what they're saying is a totally different thing. They don't think that Jews should exist. This is a genocide intention. Different types of ideas were about how to create uh, a fair solution. And actually, the Palestinian uh, ambassador used to come to the studios and to say, we prefer one state solution. So we are not speaking in any way about not giving the people or, or you know, that we live together in coexistence in Jerusalem, in Haifa. No, 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 no. I'm not saying from the river to the sea. What I'm saying is I'm speaking about coexistence. I always spoke about coexistence. They're speaking about genociding the Jewish people. Can you actually understand what a huge gap is between from the river to the sea? They are saying there is, it means not even one Jew between the river to the sea. Israel was never speaking about no our presence. We have 20% of Arabs in our country. They are a minority that used to have the third largest party in Israel. So we are proud of coexistence. This is such a huge gap. We, I, I mean, you cannot compare that. Now, speaking but about... You, some of these sort of well-meaning students who are protesting and chanting that rhyme on the streets of London or on the streets of Stockholm, no doubt have a similar kind of vision to what you said when you made the same No, because uh, if that was the case, they would have said the one state solution, but that's not what they're saying. They're saying basically Palestine will be free. And this is the second half of the chant. And Palestine will be free. The meaning of it is free from Jews. And this is really, really scary. So if we'll go back just to political solutions, I'm a diplomat at the moment. You were quoting me as a politician and I'm a diplomat and I follow the government guidelines. The government guidelines at the moment uh, is is basically saying we are dealing with Palestinian leadership that is divided and and most of, of, of the people, the Palestinian people at the moment support Hamas. This is part of the tragedy. So this is part, I think, of, of the reason why at the moment there is no political negotiation. I totally support moving forward to peace, but you cannot have peace when you have this type of ideology that doesn't accept 
your existence. We accept the existence of our neighbors and we want to work together with them to have a flourishing Middle East. This is what Israel did with the Abraham Accords. And you know what? Even before I was born, there was a peace negotiation with Egypt that leaded to the first peace agreement that Ali could leader, Menachem Begin, was creating. And later on, it was Yitzhak Rabin that created the Jordan Peace Agreement. Israel is always there for peace. And, and the only difference is, I think this is where the big gap stands. People are not willing to, to live together with uh, the Jewish people in their own homeland. When will you stop? We have these armies of tanks on the border of Gaza. The invasion is threatened imminently. There's talk of destroying the network of tunnels, of destroying Hamas infrastructure, but then also killing leadership, potentially members. At what point will you be satisfied that it's now time to stop with, with the military approach and try to get some kind of peaceful process underway or a ceasefire. When will Israel stop now? Excellent question, because people need to have the horizon beyond the war, and um, we all want to see peaceful days on our border. So the answer is simple. When the underground Hamas city will be destroyed, when Hamas won't have any military capabilities, that when the Gaza Strip will be demilitarized, which means no weapons in Gaza that can hurt kindergartens in Israel and schools and innocent people in their homes, and basically no leadership of Hamas relevant to this uh, area. So this will be when the war will be over, and we know we achieved the mission to keep our communities safe. This is this is the mission that we need and to. And will you hold back for. from certain targets if you're worried about the numbers of civilians who may die, or will you? carry on anyway, based on the fact that Hamas are using them as human shields. And again, uh, we are calling the international community to help us to make sure every single individual that is not Hamas, is not a terrorist, will be in a safe place. Uh, we, we don't want to hurt any, any innocent person. So I think that if that effort will be achieved, then we will minimize casualties. But we need to make sure that we protect the people of Israel. 7th of October is a day should never be repeated anywhere. So we need to make sure that those atrocities will never happen and people will feel protected. Also, I want to speak about the big anxiety in Israel today because people are not feeling safe in their own homes because of the invasion took place in, in the homes of people. This is something, you know, most of terror attacks think about even your 7-7 or Manchester Arena in the festival. So things that happen outside, think about terrorists coming to your own bedroom, how scary is that? So uh, as, as, as again, as people that think about their home as a safe haven, this is a place that being shattered, this, this uh, feeling of, of security. Do you think it will take weeks, months, years to get that sense of security back and call an end to this phase of the conflict? In order to get the sense of security, Israel must win the war. And this is why we need the world support and this is why we need to make sure people understand this is a democratic country that is fighting for good values against pure evil. And, and this is why we need the world support for that as much time as it takes. Ambassador, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Zippy Hotovli, the Israeli ambassador to the UK. When you speak to an ambassador, just like talking to a politician, you're talking to an official representative of the government. Obviously, she will give us the official line and is not going to dive into controversial details. I still thought it was really interesting to see how she framed it and to dive into that delicate area of what should be allowed and what shouldn't be allowed, given her own somewhat controversial views and statements in the past. Thanks to her and thanks to you for watching. This was Unheard. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.